Human Vortex Training and Menachem Brody present the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast, where we talk strength training, physiology, psychology, tech, and much more to help you get fitter, faster, and stronger in and out of your sport, giving you expert insights, talking with other leading experts. And now, your host, world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 65 of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete podcast. This week, we sat down with Tim Cusick, who is the lead developer for Training Peaks WKO. So if you're a coach, you are very familiar with that software, which helps you really dive down and analyze your athletes' efforts, figure out what they're actually capable of, and be able to push them exactly the right way in order to see results. But Tim hasn't just done WKO as a developer. He's also a coach with over 15 years of experience. And today we're going to talk with him a little bit about the analytics and the data and how there's very much an art to the side of coaching and you can't just do it based off of the data. But much more important, we talk about the future of coaching. So if you guys listen to the podcast and you subscribe, then give us a five-star rating on wherever you download this fine podcast from. You remember that a number of episodes ago, we had Eric Malzone. Now, Eric has his own podcast called The Future of Fitness. I strongly recommend you pop over and subscribe and like his as uh, he's been putting out. He's been on fire as far as the future of fitness as an industry. Now, what Tim and I talk about, Eric and I touched on a number of weeks ago, a number of episodes ago on the fact that individual coaching is great and there are definitely times where that relationship needs to be there because you need one person to guide the boat. However, the group power or power of the group think is uh, really where fitness is going, right? at least the top coaches. And Tim is is not the first coach to, to talk about what we're going to cover here today. I've actually had this myself when I was working in the collegiate basketball in the Division One as a manager assistant video coordinator for the University of Pittsburgh, which today, October 23rd, 2020, uh, someone who became a mentor of mine and a friend, uh, Brandon Knight, is being enshrined in the University of Pittsburgh uh, Sports Hall of Fame. Now, Brandon is uh, the player who really, you know, obviously it's a team and the coach Ben Hallen was there. Uh, Ben Hallen left the year before I actually started working with the team. I had tried out for the team twice in a row, 2004 and 2005. Did not make it. And then in 2005, I believe, is when I actually uh, joined the team as a manager assistant video coordinator. But uh, Brandon was uh, a cornerstone of the program becoming a national powerhouse. And I worked there. uh, We had the Peterson Event Center, which was just built. And all of this was because of what Brandon and the team that he played with were able to accomplish in developing Pitt into a national powerhouse. Now, what you're going to talk about, or we're going to talk about here with Tim today is uh, how that group power, and, and this is something that I knew in basketball the best coaches share information. Maybe not uh, during the season when they're competing, uh, although they do. You know, we're sharing scouting tapes. That was one of the things that I did is I had to record uh, the games and make sure Brandon had it so that he could send it to the other teams because we're responsible for sending them videos of our last three games or whatever games they recommend or or they ask for, rather. Um, So anyhow, uh, you're going to hear about the power of groupthink. And Tim's going to open up uh, a real big can and challenge a lot of you as coaches and as athletes to think about how it is you're working with folks. And I've actually moved this way in my own coaching philosophy and, and how I'm doing things. I've recently turned to having an open Facebook group for those that I'm coaching where they can ask questions. Uh, we have weekly feedback, we have check-in posts, and it's a, a community where we're actually uh, supporting one another. And this is something, you know, it's not like, oh, it's a Facebook group. It's so much more than that. So Tim's going to get into that today. Uh, and it's a fantastic conversation. So uh, at the end, he actually threw threw a little surprise at me, which you'll have to listen to the end to, to hear. Uh, but it was a nice surprise and, and uh, something that I'm really excited about. So make sure you're listening all the way to the end. Uh, before we get into the episode today with Tim, I just want to remind you, This is, these are, I should say, the last 48 hours for enrollment to grab your seat in the Strength Training for Cyclist certification. Now, 
This is something I've been working on really for a decade, really, and the last two and a half, three years, putting it together, refining it. This is the most comprehensive, most in-depth, and easy to understand and put into action course on strength training for cyclists in the entire world. And that's someone else's, it's another fitness professional's words, not mine. Now, this program has been looked over by fitness professionals uh, like Dr. Lisa Lewis, who you've heard here twice on the show, Megan Calloway, uh, who's fantastic. She's got two really popular programs, Ultimate Push-Up Program, Ultimate Pull-Up Program, which I strongly recommend as well. So other fitness professionals have looked through this uh, and vouched that this is a fantastic program. It really leaves no stone unturned, excuse me, and uh, it's going to go away until the spring. So The reason we close enrollment is so that it allows me to interact with those coaches and athletes who have enrolled that want to learn how to strength train for cycling, and it also very much applies to triathlon. So if you are looking to take your skills up, and like, it is amazing the results that people get. I can't even, I I can't comprehend sometimes, like, wow, I, 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 didn't see that coming. I can't believe they got that good a result. Uh, from taking this program, I just had a, a phone call, actually, a video call the other day with a coach in, in uh, England who's going through, and uh, he's taking the course now, uh, and really recognizing there's coaches out there like yourselves who recognize that there is a way to strength train for cycling results, and adding weight to the bar, adding repetitions isn't it. So if you want to learn and take your athletes immediately this winter to bring their level up so that 2021 is their best year ever, Take the certification course. Enrollment closes at 11.59 p.m. on Saturday, October 24th, 2020. And it will not open again until the spring, either late February, early March. And why is it opening then? Because that is the fall time for the Southern Hemisphere. So the Southern Hemisphere coach is going to get in on it. Or they're getting into it now. So we already have coaches in Argentina, uh, in Portugal, in the UK, and of course in the US. So if you'd like to grab your seat, now is the time. We'll put a link over in the show notes. Uh, Now is the time to get in because it is going to close. And no, you cannot get in. 1201, 1207, and it's happened twice already. Uh, last time we opened it, and when I first opened the course, people were like, oh, I'm, I'm just three minutes late. Can you put the page back up, please? I want to unroll. No, because those are the rules. <laughs> if you don't play by the rules, you can't take home the trophy. So uh, make sure you head on over and check that out and sign up. Now, without much further ado, you can tell I'm excited about this, right? Let's get into today's episode uh, with Tim Cusick, where we're going to talk about the future of coaching and the future of training and the art of using data in your coaching. Tim, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And and I've met you a, a couple times. The first time was many, many moons ago with uh, the power training camp, I think it was with uh, Hunter Allen or, or the uh, power training certification. And then we actually uh, came together again in 2018 at the, the coaches clinic or coaching summit rather for USA cycling, but you've been very involved and actually integral in developing power analysis tools for cyclists and triathletes. Can you share with us a little bit about your coaching background and your role at WKO? Sure. Yeah, no, I've been a coach for about 15 years. Um, coaching is my true love. You know, I have the luxury of working with some amazing athletes. So, uh, keeps me busy and keeps me challenged. Um, you know, I think it really is where, like I said, my heart, and my passion lie. Uh, what I think has been a great opportunity for me as a coach, you know, we all have things we specialize in as we build our coaching knowledge is data analytics. I actually have a background in analytics before I got into coaching. Um, I've been able to bring that background into my coaching approach. Um, that then coupled with the opportunity, I am the Training Peaks WKO product leader. So in the Training Peaks family or suite of products, WKO, currently WKO5, is the kind of leading edge analytic tool. And I get to do a lot of work there on cutting edge analytics, um, uh, human performance modeling, uh, predictive analytics, So uh, it really is a great um, adjunct, a great add-on to my coaching experience because, again, I like the data. I I use analytics, the science side of coaching, um, pretty well in my format. Uh, And then I'm the being the Training Peaks WKO product leader. I get this opportunity to really uh, live in the cutting edge 
and invest in the cutting edge of data and data analytics. We're always kind of working on some new things there that are right on that, that you know, pointy tip of the spear type of approach. That really gives me an opportunity, you know, over the last 10 years to blend kind of, you know, my coaching, the, the art of coaching with all this data analytics science uh, and really has been, uh, to me, a great combination that has really empowered my coaching side. I know that's kind of circular, but that's the point, right? I've had this opportunity to coach and work with world-class athletes and, and, and world champions and Olympians and and pro cyclists at the same time being deeply immersed in data analytics um, really has made for a pretty fun <laughs> environment for me in the last five to 10 years in coaching. And it's really progressed the last, literally the last five years. It's almost like it's on light speed and we see all these yeah. different tools. Leomo type R is one that I like, but there's the pedals, you have all this different stuff. So how do you kind of look at each of these pieces in this highly uh, technological training? Like, do you really focus in on it for every ride or do you try and match the rider to the amount of technology you put into their, their sphere? Great, great question. You know, it's funny. And for the people who watch my webinars or other programs and education that I do, um, they get surprised that that often my approach is we want to use data, right? and data analytics, we have all of this data. Go back to your first statement, you know, earlier statement, we have been immersed in data as performing athletes in the last five, 10 years, particularly like the last five, as you stated, we suddenly have so many more data variables. We know and can measure how you sleep. We know, you know more about your macronutrients, what you're eating and your nutrition. We know about your um, efficiency better. We know about your gait better. You know, we know about your position on a bike better. You know, we have all of these additional variables of data that we bring into kind of this holistic data athletic or athlete approach. But yet one of the things that I constantly say to people, you know, that doesn't mean that data is the answer. And you're not a data scientist, right? You're, you're not just using this data, looking at the numbers and saying, here's what this athlete should do, or here is this athlete's solution. The reality is we need to use all of this new data, all of these variables, all of these analytics, right? To help us make better decisions. So all of this new data is not coaching by data not becoming a data scientist, it's information that helps the art of coaching, the ability for a coach to look at the whole athlete and make decisions about uh, coaching strategy or training strategy or, 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 or training tactic. And, you know, both at a, at a big macro level and at a micro level. And really what data does, right, it's a decision science. It helps you increase the odds of making correct decisions to improve athletic performance. But that happens under the umbrella of the art of coaching. And to deliver that art, yeah, you need to use technology. You need to be able to be uh, technology knowledgeable, but you have to have the skill to implement that in a way that blends with your experiential learning. What have you learned over all of the years of, of coaching or, or maybe just getting into it, you know, a year or a short amount of time of coaching? You need to use that experiential knowledge. You need to use your learned knowledge, whether you're, you know, participating in education programs, continuing to challenge yourself in certification and different fields of learning about coaching, analytics knowledge. If you put those three together, and really think about it, that's what you're doing. You're using experience, learned knowledge, and data analytics to improve your odds of success by making better and better decisions of the training strategy, training tactics that you're implementing with an athlete. And then you're using that same knowledge to improve your ability to monitor that athlete's response to that training stimuli that you've designed and then make faster and better tweaks 
to that training strategy and, and tactic, right? That allows for continual improvement and a better peak performance from an athlete. And I think those things working together are really important for, you know, as we begin to see all these data analytics in our industry, don't lose sight. It's still an art. Science helps you solve problems. Science helps you make better decisions. Science turns you into a decision scientist. But at the end of the day, you still need that experiential knowledge. You still need your learned knowledge. You still need, you know, a couple of other tricks in the trade, right? To be a, a 360 coach and really use all of those tools together. And that soft side of coaching, so to speak, is something that you don't just give lip service to. You actually have run quite a, for quite a few years, the Velocious uh, Cycling Adventures, where you bring people in for fantastic uh, experiences on the bike, but you also have evening education sessions where you're really teaching them not about necessarily just the information that, and the data that they're taking, but how to become better and more savvy riders. Can you talk a little bit about how you've implemented that the last year and, and continuing that despite the camps being delayed for a year due to Corona? Yeah, I mean, it has really been a challenge. Historically, our camps, um, we, we, we have a little, our, our little statement is take your training to amazing places. And it's always been a vision of mine to do camps that, you know, these cycling camps that are excellent training, but also education. To me, you know, it's funny. I know one of my athletes, Amber Neben, who's, you know, just an amazingly accomplished athlete. She really taught me this over the years of working with her, you know, we always talk about the coach being learned, right? And knowledgeable and, and having skills, but the athlete needs the same, right? And we never talk about this publicly. The athlete needs to learn if they really want to achieve a peak performance, they need how to learn how to be a good athlete, right? We never talk about that side of the skill. And I think as they learn that and become better at it, um, they improve the ability of the, that relationship. So part of how we translate that into our, our, these training camps is we bring people into a setting where they're interacting with high level professional athletes and coaches and our education program builds their knowledge, right? So that they can better participate. They are very more knowledgeable and a, a, a better trained athlete. And when I say better trained athlete, I don't just mean they're a little more fitter because they've done 400 miles this week or whatever. I mean, in the sense that by teaching and educating at a level that is really important for athletes and coaches, you know, alike, they really can understand um, the experience they're going through in the coach athlete relationship and approve upon it from their side. So in our camps, we basically have this tell, show, do training process, where we'll spend morning sessions telling somebody, you know, we're going to tackle some unique idea, something that we want that person to, or attendees to learn and be able to absorb. So we kind of tell them what that's going to be. We then go out in the road and we show them whether that's skills or, or specific training uh, modalities or, or whatever that is, we actually go out and, you know, we do the show, we do the do, and then we come back and we do evening classroom settings where we're breaking those ideas that, that kind of point in your knowledge base down, understanding why it's important, what are the variables you need to know, how it impacts your both short and long-term training strategies and performance results. Um, I think that's very powerful and I really enjoy doing it. Again, coaching is my, co my core passion and to be able to interact at that level where it's very, um, you know, the true nature of coaching. We're, we're not just saying, hey, here's a data number or here's a response or a result number. We're interacting at a very human level um, to create results. Now, back to your question, right? That has gotten extremely disrupted in the current world of pandemic. I mean, there's no way avoiding it. Uh, we have suspended and been forced to suspend, and I think rightfully so, all of our camps for all of 2020. Uh, we've made that decision because we just could not live with making anyone sick. We did not want to take that risk. Uh, and that's our stance um, on the program. But that's now distanced us 
to some degree from our athletes and from having this um, learning type interactive experience. So it really has been a challenge. We've upped our programs of doing some online education and things like that um, to a lot of success. You know, not, you know, sometimes it's hard to say, you know, could it be even better than the in-person experience? Well, some of it is because you have the ability to kind of control the knowledge message and the communication a little bit better, but some of it isn't quite as good because you really don't get that, you know, like when you go to a camp, it's a community, right? It's always funny. And when, when we were talking about canceling our camps, we said in the end of the day, if we can't deliver this experience of community, meaning we all get together, we're learning together, we're suffering on the bike in the day together, we're having our, our victories on the bike together. And that's what makes a week-long camp so great. You experience all that. You form that little group, that little community. If we can't replicate that in a very safe fashion, we didn't want to go forward. And in the end of the day, we didn't think we could. We could either be really safe, but we'd give up all that social community feeling and community social learning, or we could focus more on the community social learning side, but couldn't deliver the safety. So that's why we stepped back. Now we've been looking for other venues, online education, online programs to fill that void. And that's a, a big shift. I mean, you guys were pretty quick to do that. And as far as uh, when I say quick, I mean, there were some places where up until two weeks before they didn't make a decision. It seemed like you guys really put a lot of thought, just like you do with the camps. There's a lot of detail that's put into that. Um, there's, I think we've all been to camps where, you know, you pay, you go, and you're just kind of like, oh, well, everybody's just riding their bike in, you know, the same route, but there isn't really much going on aside from that. Is that something that that you found is is becoming more prevalent now in the world of adventure camps or uh, training camps where people are, are all of a sudden becoming much more focused and process oriented as opposed to people pay money to come ride bikes and have fun and that's what they do. Yeah, um, it's funny you say that, right? Because it's a real challenge. Um, and it's a hard question to answer because I can only say what we have done. Um, and I know different companies have made different decisions and I really respect everybody's, you know, these are tough times. Everybody needs to make their call. So we canceled, you know, all of our program, all of our live camps. So, you know, and we did, and thank you for saying that. We made the decision very early. Um, I actually was in Europe just before coming back to the U.S. as things were um, kind of exploding here and just really kicking off. And I was, was back by mid to late February. Um, the reality is, I saw the challenge coming. We met as a team. Safety was our number one concern. So we did make an early call to cancel all of our European camps first, and then a week later, all of our domestic camps. So that was good. We felt ahead. That early decision also helped us start thinking of um, rebuilding and how can we do things differently in this world of COVID. Um, I think, unfortunately, not only are we going to be dealing with it in 2020, we'll have some aspects of it in 2021, we're still going to have to tackle my, my personal feeling is we need to prepare for it having impact all the way throughout 2021. So we began to think long term. So we really split things in two different directions. One was we said, man, people need events, they need things to do. Um, and they need to, to have a goal. So it was great. One of my athletes is Rebecca Rush. Rebecca is pretty well known for her uh, crazy adventures and, and uh, all of her history and wrote a great book and, and made a great movie, actually. Um, but she also puts on what's known as Rebecca's Private Idaho, which is one of the largest gravel races in the country. Um, she had, was, you know, knew she had to cancel that early. So we worked with her to create, you know, a really great idea. And we called it the RPI challenge. We figured out a way, you know, this kind of local version where people could train and spend some time um, with Rebecca and, and a coaching staff of which I was kind of the, the coach leader um, through her programs and work together, train together uh, to execute an event. Now this event, I don't want to call it virtual because it's you say virtual, people think you're riding online in some Swift-like program, but it was local 
and dynamic, meaning instead of what, what, we, what Rebecca did, what we did was we had people really replicate the courses in their local area. And then we do, did a fastest known time challenge. Like we ranked and made leaderboards. People had to go out and meet the criteria of the course and then turn in their time. And it actually worked great. We had a really big turnout. Um, it was the numbers were surprising how aggressive, you know, how people were super interested in jumping in. And we um, really engaged people in the process. And, you know, and we had a virtual awards, you know, ceremony. Rebecca was broadcasting from her hometown as we rewarded the winners and stuff like that. So it really was an interesting element of where people can go and how creative we are, you know, uh, in developing ideas to keep people motivated and do events. Now, that program was based on our, our winter base camp program, where base camp is this online base training all winter program that we have, right? Obviously, online training and doing some things differently, that's been our push on the training evolution side. So, you know, to prepare people for events, whether it's an event like, you know, the RPI challenge, this new reimagined kind of uh, event where you're not all going to the same location to execute. Um, we also saw, and we really saw it when we did the RPI, RPI challenge, Basecamp system really empowered the training for, an, and there we used an eight week lead in. We really saw the strength of how these online communities can play a role in supplying that touch you know it's not quite the high touch of camp but yet it's amazing how well and how much you can replicate that so from the you know the the, the community side the training side the interacting with athletes we've formed and pushed more into that direction it's been very empowering and 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 i gotta say it sounds like uh you know it doesn't always sound the best but it was surprising to me how well it went i'm a a in in-person person, meaning I like relationships. I enjoy talking to people live and the virtual thing has not always been my uh, cup of tea, but really what I've learned in the last two years and, and particularly now in the COVID environment, how well you can adapt to that and still feel, still be with people, still have community, still train together and replicate the learnings of our live camps and events that we normally did into um, an online version and then translate out that out into their performance in events that you know have execution in a way that's safe for them and others around them. And that's something that's uh, just really helped a lot of people. From you know, kind of the com some of the comments and the feedback from that it seemed like that really gave people the the breath of fresh air, <laughs> uh, pun intended, I guess, with Corona. Uh, where uh, awful pun, where they were able to actually feel excited and move forward as opposed to, well, 2020 is a wash, I'm not really gonna be able to do anything and then floundering. What have you found to be the response from that and, and how are you gonna carry that through to 2021 here through the winter? Yeah, I mean, over the last four years, we've always done this. So let's talk about training and events, right? I wanna keep separating that a little bit because they really should go together to some degree. We People ask me all the time, like, what's the foundation of great training? And I always have the same answer. At the core of all great trainings, before we start talking about physiology, coach knowledge, special secret pro workouts and all that deal, let's start at the real core. An athlete training with a purpose and knowledgeable, you know, and knowledge, I shouldn't say knowledge, an athlete training with purpose and knowledge, that's at the core of all great training. So if you start at that level, if you're an athlete and you're looking to hire a coach or get engaged in a program or, or improve your performance or whatever it is, understand you, Mr. or Mrs. Athlete, you are the foundation of your own great training. And what drives great training is this idea is that you have purpose and knowledge. Purpose is important because it's your motivation, meaning what's going to get you out of bed every morning to do that morning workout or what's going to get you on the, the bike or on your trainer after an eight, nine hour workday, right? That motivation 
comes from you and it usually comes from a sense of purpose. And I think purpose drives that. I want to accomplish something. I have a purpose. I have a goal. I have something I'm moving towards. But I think knowledge plays just as much of a role in that. The athlete needs to have a knowledge that they're moving towards their purpose. Meaning if I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to accomplish my purpose. You know, it's like, training. One of the things that I've given an example before that I hate when I see athletes go through training where they don't know the why, like, why am I doing this? What is my future? What is my, you know, what is my desired effect or response to this training? It's like bowling, right? And I unfortunately see a lot of people do this with training plans or to be honest with you, even poor coaching. It's like going bowling when you can't see the pins. So imagine you're bowling, right? And there's a, a blanket hanging in front of the pins and you throw the ball down the alley and it goes and kind of looks like it's in the middle, but then it goes behind the blanket. You hear pins crash. So something happened, but you don't know what. And then the ball comes back out and you do it again. Well, after you do that for four or five times, you're going to be like, wow, this really isn't very fun. <laughs> I don't know what the score is. I don't have any knowledge of what's happening here. I'm in the dark. So you, you stop bowling. Well, to me, training is that same analogy. If a coach or a program or a group of coaches don't help the athlete establish purpose and then don't impart or share knowledge that builds their knowledge so we can lift that blanket, that curtain in front of the pins, then the athlete tends to lose motivation and they don't achieve their best success. So understand my answers are all built on that foundation of what I see really is part, a, a crucial element of successful coaching. So, you know, going beyond that, you know, and how this, these roles play, when you go into training, you know, like it, it depends a little bit here. So when we move into this idea of like base training and foundation phases of training and winter training and all these words, um, there really is an opportunity to build community to work with, whether it's an online format or team training or whatever it is, to build community around that because the people going through it tend to have shared values. They have a desire for real improvement, right? But the reality is they're going through a similar, not same, two different things, but a similar progression of training and knowledge, meaning wow, we need to put in some basic foundational work and they go through that similar training basis where it's more about, you know, doing the right work, putting things in the right order and, you know, producing results that aren't really the focus of, of your event, but they're laying the foundation for the success of your event or the purpose that which you're training towards. And that can be replicated, you know, very well. And actually, I've been amazed at how well it's worked in our base camp program. And then I was really great to see how it worked in Rebecca's Private Idaho, how people come together in that shared experience and actually enjoy it more than a one-on-one -on -one coaching experience. It's been a little bit of an ego shot, I have to tell you, <laughs> on the side. Um, you know, you think you build your whole career on one-on-one -on -one coaching and you're like, man, we can't replicate this. And then you actually do it in community-based approach. And you're like, wow, because it was more energetic. It, was, it had more interface and input from people. And then finally, I think to be able to execute events under that process. I think, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's no taking the place of a live event and that's, you know, exciting and what we all want to do. But right now in these challenged times, having an event and a purpose, something that leads to, and as I'm seeing companies reinvent how they're handling events and keeping people safe, I think that combination, I think we're learning a lot how we can leverage the ability, this online community, this online social, this online experience, right, to better build that which we've lost. And I would close with this. It'll be interesting to see how much it sticks around post-COVID. How much is this is going to change the environment of coaching and, and events and stuff like that? I'm, I'm excited and interested to see where it all goes. You raise a couple interesting points in that. And one of them that I've found and I've started to shift towards, I'm actually getting ready to, to shift how I'm coaching people and really 
focus down uh, to fewer options first, but more group style coaching in that you get an individual training plan. And then we have uh, groups online where you're actually able uh, to connect and be able to move forward. And one of the things that's interesting with that is, is a lot of this comes back to community. Uh, so having other people going through, like you said, the same thing, which is a really important, uh, I'd say, piece to becoming a better athlete. And you kind of uh, voiced similar to what Dr. Stuart McGill said, a previous uh, guest here on the podcast, you need to be an athlete 24-7 and you need to be able to really look at things and, at how you can become better, not just the coach being all-knowing. How is that group setting and, and having that group built enabled the results to be kind of 10x or 5x for the individuals that come into it? Great question, right? Because it's one of the things I've really seen in last year's base camp program and in the RPI program, the RPI challenge with Rebecca's group that we just completed. You know what it is? It really comes down to the fact, go back to my point of, of an athlete training with purpose and knowledge, right? Um, I always have this statement underneath that. <laughs> you notice I have a bunch of statements, right? I have these, I should coin a phrase book here. Um, I think with athletes, right, when you think about this training with purpose and knowledge, there's this element I see in a lot of athletes, what I call the knowing to doing gap. And that's an old phrase from marketing and, and something learned in a previous lifetime, right? So many athletes have this idea, they know so uh, a certain amount of knowledge, like they know they need to ride their bike or run or whatever if they want to get faster, right? They, they know that I must exercise in some way. I need to in, introduce some, some stimuli to the system if I want to improve. But oftentimes that doesn't always connect to the doing or the right doing, right? So I see a lot of times people, you know, are constantly asking questions and stuff like that. And they have that knowing to doing gap. They might think they know, but their ability to do or the way they're implementing the doing is not accurate. So when you apply that to my idea that all athletes should be training with purpose and knowledge, that has been this amazing difference maker, right? What I see happen in our base camp community, which blows me away and it really, was most prevalent last year, even though that was pre-COVID. And I really saw it in the RPI challenge that we did uh, here. People share their knowledge of how to be better athletes. They share their, their knowledge of how to close that knowing to doing gap. So a lot of the responsibility of a coach like myself, I'll use me as an example where I see purpose and knowledge as important. I spend a fair amount of time with athletes coaching that knowledge, right? So I'm saying, look, our training plan this week, we're doing, or this month, right? This week, the cycle, whatever, we're focused on this and here's why. And I might be explaining a, a dose and response mechanism. I might be explaining a physiological area of something, right? And the athlete hears and they understand, right? And they walk away with, let's call it some new knowledge. But what happens now in the online communities, when you teach that to hundreds of people at the same time going through a similar experience, they then share their learned knowledge. Like, man, when I'm doing these workouts, I always struggle with this, or I can't quite understand that, or I miss, and then five other people jump in and say, you know what, I do the same, and here's a way I've overcome that, and here's a way I've improved it. And suddenly, you expand beyond this, this very strong and wonderful one-on-one -on -one relationship you have with a one-on-one -on -one coach and you bring in the color commentary of other people going through similar experiences. And one of the breakthrough learning I saw in, in the community during COVID was people were shocked who, you know, in, in, in the RPI challenge, we had a lot of people who hadn't even been coached before or, or, or have done organized programs they were shocked to learn how many other people go through the similar same challenges. And they were also then as pleased, as happy to learn that those people were quick in this community environment to share how they work through it. So in some way it enhanced the coaching. It, it, it made me look smarter, don't tell anybody. <laughs> you know, because we were giving knowledge points and not only beyond that, people were like, wow, I went through the same and here's what I did. 
and it built upon the communicated knowledge. It, it wasn't just trickled down. It wasn't just, I sent my athlete, you know, a message. I communicated some knowledge and they received it and sort of understand they were actually able to then share that experience of actually doing the, you know, and going through what they're supposed to be learning and share that experience with others. And it was amazing to go through it. And then for me as a coach, it challenged me to keep learning how to better maximize that. So suddenly I'm thinking, wow, I imparted some knowledge. Now all these people are talking about that experientially. How do I leverage that into better learning in that community? So it forced me to up my game and change the way uh, I might do things, which actually, I have to be very honest, has carried over to improve my one-on-one -on -one coaching with my professional athletes. So it really has been, you know, an experience of that. So it really the community shares, they learn together. They learn they're, they're not the only one struggling with that who didn't understand this point or can't accomplish that. And by sharing and learning from others, you increase your knowledge. You increase your, 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 your energy towards moving towards your purpose and actually improve your results. So it's been really synergistic, I guess. That's the word, right? That would probably be a great word to describe it. You're taking you know, a one-on-one -on -one coach athlete relationship as X amount of synergy, put that in a well-maintained community, and that goes tenfold. So there's the best answer I can give you. Want to learn more? Check out humanvortextraining.com for more on this topic from Coach Brody and today's guest. And the most important part you mentioned at the end there, which is a well-maintained, and that's something I think a lot of coaches have struggled with. A lot of it is we have two thoughts, it seems like, as endurance sport coaches. One, it's me versus all the other coaches. Uh, is the, the shallow or um, scarcity mindset where, you know, you're going to get the athletes and you're competing. Uh, and then you have the other side, which is we're all in this together. And if I can't serve this athlete, I want to help them find the person who can. And it seems to me that those coaches who have that abundance mindset where they're looking to build communities, to have that shared knowledge, uh, to help guide the athlete to the right person, not just taking somebody because, uh, you know, someone wants to pay them. Um, and I, th I think that on my end, at least for my practice really took off when I started looking and having a, a very um, structured interview for each athlete that wanted to work with me and turning pe some people away. And some people don't understand. They're like, well, I want to pay you. Why won't you work with me? Well, you know, Tim would be a better coach for you because you're very analytic uh, and you want to understand the data and that's a strength of his. Or, you know, go with uh, Dev because she really can teach you the bike handling better or go with uh, Josh because, and it seems like the communities are really where a lot of this growth is happening. We have on Zwift now, which is, you know, just an unusual explosion of people, one using the trainer and two connecting from around the world and, and sharing a little bit more. What's your aspect or what's your, your perspective rather on the aspect of using Zwift as part of a, a training program uh, to connect with other athletes and with other coaches? So, um, I have to kind of go back and talk about what we're doing then, because it just, I think we're ahead of that curve. And I appreciate what you say. And I think more and more people are coming to that um, enlightenment because we've had this online uh, winter base training program, base camp is the name of the program, um, you know, in place. We've actually for four years now. So we're sort of got lucky, I guess, that we were ahead of this curve to some degree. So in our base camp program, um, we have a team of coaches because I think it's really important that if we are going to do a great job of training and coaching a community, it can't just be one voice because there is no absolutes in this. There is no perfect knowledge, right? There is no perfect teacher. So our goal and, you know, focus has really been about bringing a team of coaches together so the community benefits from different views, different experiences by our, you know, different coaches. And that helps build this whole idea of purpose and knowledge. So if you look at the base camp team, we have, you know, it really breaks down by a different subsports. We make sure we have, we have a team of eight coaches. So there, I would be nine actually, but there's eight coaches in the mix. 
and they represent different sport types. So we have two really great cycling coaches. We have Scott Moniger, who's the winningest male U.S. pro ever. And we have Amber Neben, multi-time world champ, right? An Olympian, great coaching experience herself. We have in mountain bike, we have um, Brig Brandt, you know, level one, former professional mountain bike racer, Serena uh, Bishop-Gordon, who is a current professional racer with um, Liv and uh, the, with the Liv team. And, you know, gravel, we have uh, Serena also helps us with gravel. We have um, Jim Pomeroy is helping us with gravel. And we have Rebecca Rush um, in there helping us with gravel. Um, so we, and we have, you know, all different disciplines. We have people who have different core focuses on those program in those areas. But going beyond that, if you look at the team, right, they have tremendous level experience at racing and performing and accomplishing events. They've all been, you know, either racing professionally or co and coaching. It's funny, I like to say we have over a hundred years of professional race experience on our team. I don't want to make any of them sound old, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, and that allows for different views. It means if you ask questions, you're part of the community, it really gives a team aspect. I might share knowledge, my area of specialty might be, you know, analytics. You ask a question, um, Rebecca Rush might explain because her area is really overcoming challenges and, and, and how to dig deep more of the, the, uh, the stoke side, as she likes to say, the energy that just, you know, the mental aspect of going towards challenges. You might get Scott Moniger answering who's won 275 professional races. And if you had a race question, there's a guy who knows how to win races, right? So if we're going to build community and use this kind of new training model, new coaching model, I guess you'd call it. Um, you gotta, if you're going to expect a lot of people, you know, a community of athletes to get something for it, you really need a community of coaches, right? Because that's what we're doing. We're sharing within that. That allows for different areas, you know, so in our community, our athletes don't just get one voice. It's not just my opinion. So if you ask a question, you get different coaches will respond. And we have similar often because they're very well-trained coaches, but different aspects, different views, different knowledge to impart upon the team. So that really has been, to me, a, a big shift. It's almost more powerful than one-on-one -on -one coaching. Again, I hate to admit it. And, it. and that's true only in select scenarios. Meaning if you were preparing for the Olympics, if you were preparing for a national title, you know, as a pro cyclist, that type of group approach might not have the specificity you need. But during select scenarios and situations like base training, right, like a specific event prep, it's very powerful because you're able to share all that knowledge and experience. You're able to participate in a more community coaching, a more complete, it's almost like a more complete circle, right? You know, it's like, wow, knowledge gets imparted. People react, share experiences, more knowledge gets imparted. And we all feed off each other that way. So a team of coaches working with a community of athletes really is a very good answer. And I think that's thankfully starting to become more of a uh, expectation for some in the uh, endurance athletics field. Uh, it's just been very siloed. I mean, that would be the term that I've heard and, and I think works well yeah. where, you know, I need to protect my athletes or I need to uh, not let anybody else come in. And, and the information sharing is far less than, and that's one of the things I learned working for the Pittman's basketball program uh, is that there were a lot of other coaches that would fly in, watch a practice in preseason, of course, uh, or occasionally uh, they would come in uh, and they would just, share information. And it was very, very much a family. And we're talking about programs that uh, were division two, II, division one, and it's just a sharing of how you do things. And Mike Krzyzewski is, I think the best example where, you know, he's uh, made a career, not just coaching his team, but coaching coaches and having them come in the summer for a week long camp, essentially to learn uh, his system, but also, well, more so the mentality of how to approach things. And there's a huge power in that. Do you see the cycling and triathlon world moving more in that direction where we'll see more 
uh, sharing of knowledge from coaches in these kinds of realms, or do you think we're still uh, quite a few years away from that? Wow, uh, that's a great question. You know, at the high level, when, with quality coaches, I think you're going to see it move that way. I think people are going to say, look, coaching is a tough business. It's hard to make a living being a coach, let me tell you. Um, you know, for you to really give full time and impart knowledge to it and things like that, you know, and, and, and be able to have the relationships, it takes a lot of time. And it's certainly hard to, to you know, it's a hard job. <laughs> As the good coaches realize that there are better solutions that creating a more sharing and, 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 and not such a defensive environment, I think you've, you phrased it very well, um, will actually benefit us all. It will float all boats as we make and accept, you know, a broader range of techniques and methodologies and systems, you know, one-on-one -on -one all the way out to community coaching. And I think COVID is going to help force this fact, um, you know, the, the time frame of COVID, I should say. I think that really, you know, will expand the good coaches because they're not going to be as threatened by it. I do think you'll see some some coaches and, and let's call it maybe, uh, you know, well, let's just say I think you'll see, you know, uh, some coaches stay more defensive and not embrace maybe new models and evolution of, of coaching and how coaching should happen and look to be more protective. I think those coaches will have some serious challenges. You know, here's why, right? Um, and, and it's something, you know, and you and I have had this conversation in certain ways, like go back to when I'm coaching with an athlete, right? An athlete, when I'm coaching one-on-one, -on -one, they might have questions about nutrition. And I have a fair amount of nutrition knowledge as a coach. Um, but the reality is I'm, I'm not deeply educated in that. And on top of every, you know, uh, aspect of that knowledge, they might have a question about bike fit. They might have a question about strength training, right? The one-on-one -on -one current model almost forces the coach to either be a jack of all trades, which often somewhat becomes a struggle of master of none, but they need to be a jack of all trades, or they need to surround that athlete with a team of support people. So like, you know, for example, when I'm working with a professional athlete, you know, um, uh, you know, take working with R Rebecca, Rebecca did the ITI last year, the Iditarod for, for fat biking, which was a crazy, crazy event, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, and her prep, we have a nutritionist on the prep team because, you know, your nutrition spending um, seven straight days riding your fat bike through negative 20 degree weather, you really have to be on top of all that to survive, let alone thrive, right? She had a strength trainer, you know, she had a team of people around her to make that work. Same with like, you know, all of my athletes like Amber and stuff like that. It's a team and that team has to work together to get everything right for that single athlete. What I see online and one of the real breakthroughs and what we created in our system, again, it sounds like I'm just talking about our system, but it's the only knowledge I have, to be honest with you. So I'm just imparting it that way. We have a nutritionist, Dr. Namrita Brooke is our nutritionist, right? We have strength experts and we're trying to improve upon that area. We, we have people who have this specific area of knowledge. So when you're part of that coaching training community and you ask a question, you might get my overview because I have this rounded knowledge, but you also get a, you know, a, a person who specializes in that area. And again, it goes back to my point, the athlete benefits because they have clarity and purpose and better knowledge. And that knowledge is experiential, then they can share it with other people, which I think is really what happens. And then if that's trickling down from experts working together, so yeah, of course I want to feel like I want to protect my, my little fort, right? Build walls around me and say, no, no, I can't let other experts in or other people in because I don't want them sharing with my athletes and it could cost me some business reality. But I'd much rather take the approach that the better we, even as a team, you know, and or the better we, not even as a team, as a team, 
deliver a product to a community of users, we're going to expand that community because we're going to have better results. The people going through it are going to achieve their purpose, right? And if that happens, because the end of the day, right, that's what we're delivering as a coach, results, their ability to achieve their goal or purpose. By doing that as a team and improving our ability to deliver those results in a way that they really enjoy, the goal, the hope of that format is we're able to get a lot more athletes into coaching. There are millions of people riding a bike or doing a try and this and that out there in the world, only a very small portion of them ever engaging in in a coaching format, whether it's one-on-one or or group or whatever, right? So if we as a coaching industry do a better job of opening those doors to the market that is not coaching because one-on-one coaching is intimidating, or maybe that's a barrier, or maybe it's too expensive, right? Or maybe you don't think you'll get the results worth the expense. The more we utilize different approaches, working together, break down this kind of defensive system of every coach is a fort and we don't want to share anything. um, I think the better we'll be because we'll bring more people into coaching or being coached might be a better way to say it. Could not agree with you more. It's a fantastic way to get people to recognize the value of a coach, but also even more importantly, recognize the value of community. Um, because we can learn something from everybody that we meet. And I think that's what makes a lot of the the best coaches uh, the best is they're not looking to give out information and tell them what they need to hear. It's a matter of, well, here's kind of what I know. Let's see what happens here and what you bring to the table and what we can learn together. And it sounds like this uh, base camp is really, uh, one, it's guided. It's very much that here's the steps that you need to take. Here is a panel of experts. I mean, that's what I would think of it. It's a, a panel or a team that w- can better serve your, your needs as well as a community. So, I mean, that sounds like just a win all around. The coaches win, the individuals who come win, the athletes win, uh, as well as uh, just the fitness overall and what it brings to cycling wins. Can you tell me a little bit more? Like, I'm really interested. When does the program start? You know, we're gonna post this the day before Halloween. Is that too late? Is it going to be, you know, November, December, January? And how can the listeners find the the program and sign up? Well, well, great. Well, one, thanks for mentioning the program. (laughs) It's always great to get a plug. Um, Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, Our base camp program, it it officially kicks off on the training itself starts on November 30th. So the reality is there's plenty of time. The training itself, the program, the community, the, the training itself kicks off on November 30th. The community starts on November 9th. So what we're trying to do is we try to get everybody signed up by the 9th. Our community opens, you know, we have all the sharing and knowledge and it's kind of a unique way we do it. And we build the online community, combination of Zoom meetings, group discussions, all types of different ways. It's pretty invigorating. We use the November 9th to the 30th to get people up and running. So in that phase, they kind of, this isn't group training like they're all following the same training plan. Everybody's training plan is individualized. It's customized to them. So to get that knowledge, you know, right from the get-go, our athletes fill out a fitness and nutrition survey. So they go through a bunch of questions telling us about like, what's your training history? You know, how much do you train? What do you eat? You know, there's a lot of knowledge and part of that that comes back to us. We then review every single one and you're assigned a customized plan for you. Um, Those customized plans have certain interaction like similar workouts, which we execute online. We do utilize Zwift, you asked that question earlier, to execute group workouts two to three times a week where you can jump in and train with your community if you want. We have different times we execute in the day. So whether you live on the West Coast or the East Coast or wherever, we have something that hopefully will work for you. Um, Once we get that individualized plan, so we're using that November 9th to get information from you, assign you your customized plan, make sure you can read it, understand the basics of why we've assigned that to you. What are the core elements we do um, during that 9th through the 30th, we kick off our Zoom education where you can just jump on and interact with people and a coach is usually teaching that big picture why we're doing what we're doing we do some practice zwift group rides the week leading into november 30th over you know that week so people get used to 
Where do I find my workout of the day? How do I join that group? We basically bring down the technology barrier. Another real benefit of community, by the way, we teach everybody, how do I read my training plan? How do I get on Zwift? How can I execute my workouts online? Or how can I do them outdoors on my Garmin head unit? Because it's not just an, an online program. We just give that option over the winter, right? You, if you lived in areas where it's sunny and warm in the winter, you can execute the same program outside. Then on the 30th, it kicks off. And that then becomes the official training. It's a 16-week program. The training has your cycling, your aerobic, anaerobic, you know, your metabolic fitness training going on through cycling. It's all about, you know, done in, a, in a, an on-the-bike format. But we also then have a supporting nutrition program so if you want to participate in a full-blown nutrition, uh, and we call it fueling for performance because we, we hate the word diet. You should never diet in, in, if you're a training athlete, but you need to learn and know how to fuel your body to get and accomplish your, your goals. And your goal might be some weight loss, but you need to know how to do that correctly. So we have a nutrition program and we also have a strength program. So you can just participate in the cycling program or you can add on the nutrition and or the strength program in the system. Those combined programs run for 16 weeks, so through early March. And in which case, you know, it really depends on the athlete and where they go. Um, we will have some events. We're going to, you know, here's a little secret. We're going to be uh, partnering with Rebecca Rush and her uh, events group to do some fun events in 2021 to help give people purpose. Um, and Rebecca is going to be part of Basecamp as a, in helping us keep people motivated and moving forward. Um, some people go on to one-on-one -on -one coaching because at that point, the training gets specific enough. We need a higher level of specificity to really continue to improve performance. So that's kind of the core timelines and dates around it. I'm, I'm totally in, man. <laughs> You're getting personalized coaching plans. So it's not a group coaching plan. Also, it sounds like you have a number of different sessions that are running throughout the, uh, the day, uh, East Coast, West Coast. So you're always going to have somebody there. So when we're done here, Tim, I'm, I'm definitely going to talk with you and, and figure out some details here because uh, that sounds really big. I mean, that sounds like it's, it's a, a nice community and you're essentially getting a personalized training program, including strength or nutrition. So really 360 degrees, if you want. Uh, for a quote unquote group uh, program. So really it's like a massive win all around. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that's really cool about it is, you know, and you can check this, it, I'm gonna plug us here. So he, he, it was there. It's, we're at joinbasecamp.com, joinbasecamp.com. What's really great is it's very affordable. The other thing I wanted to do is make coaching and all of this sharing and knowledge done in a way that people can actually afford it and are willing to try it because one-on-one -on -one coaching can be so expensive. People are afraid to try, right? This is a great way to get into coaching and learning and all these great aspects. And it's, it's about $75 a month. It's not a subscription. It's a one-time fee. Um, you know, it's easy enough to, to do, you pay your one and you're in for all 16 weeks, very simple process, you know, and then you do get coaching, you know, Dr. Namrita Brooke is, is our nutritionist, an amazing nutritionist, a PhD in exercise physiology with her master's in nutrition, a very rare combo out there in the world. So she gets the physiology and understands the, the nutrition um, and is a coach herself. So, you know, an excellent nutrition leader. You know, when it comes down to strength and, and I'm going to give you the chance to edit this out, right? <laughs> Um, you know, I'd love to invite you to come in and help us with the strength programs. Um, you know, our, our relationship over the years has been one of shared purpose. And I think we see a lot of things alike. And it really is my, my goal and my hopes to get you, uh, and I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to answer in the podcast, um, is to really get you engaged in this program. And that goes back to the team thing. I think you'd be an excellent fit with the team, having somebody with your openness to learning and teaching and everything else, I think it would be powerful. So there's a lot of on the spot pressure. No, <laughs> like I said, you can, you can edit it out if you need to, but just know that the uh, invitation has been me. No, I, I'm in man. And uh, I, I want to keep it in, I think, because this is, this is where I think coaching should go is that shared expectation. Because 
as you mentioned earlier, you know, there's, you have to either be a jack of all trades or you have to choose one thing and kind of just focus on that. And that's been a, a source of frustration. You know, I love learning, but to have these other experts around, uh, I think that it's a sign of strength and a sign that you're putting the athlete truly first. And I'm, I'm totally in man, hundred percent. Cool. That, it would be exciting. And I think you'll so enjoy it because you're right. It is putting the athlete first. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> we'll use it in our marketing material because the reality is right. We want you to have this great experience. If you could be in a group, right? Just imagine this and I'll, I'll close on this. If you could be in a group of people where at any given time you're in a community, right? And at any given time, you could ask a question about training or nutrition or strength and have the answers come from amazing professional coaches, amazing professional athletes, nutrition experts, strength experts, right? You have this, it goes beyond one-on-one -on -one coaching because you post that question, you ask your question as the group and you have people with amazing expertise who can answer you. And then you share that, that answer shared in the community and you can get other athletes views on how that affects them, how they can implement that. Does it work for them? You know, where else can you get that? That's everybody learning together. And that's what's so cool about it. You know, yeah, it's a trickle down. You ask the expert, the expert gives you knowledge, but then the community can stir that around and come back with secondary questions and follow-ups. You know, that's what really makes it so strong and powerful. So I'm stealing your quote. <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it, man. I mean, that's, that's why I think I know I got into coaching was to help others not make the mistakes I did and to do the best they can. So giving them that perspective. So, so absolutely run with it. Well, um, I, I know that you mentioned uh, joinbasecamp.com. Uh, where can the listeners follow you, find you and, and sign up or learn more information about uh, Basecamp? Joinbasecamp.com, I already said twice. We'll say it three times. <laughs> That really is it, right? My, th there's bios there of all our coaching. There's information. You can actually see all the people that have already joined. Um, it's a pretty vibrant, larger community. Um, we do cap it at a certain level, but it really you know, gets pretty energetic. We've learned that with more people in it, the more energy that are there. Um, you know, and really all the information is right on that site. Um, if you, you know, I would direct you to our live camp sites, um, but since we're not executing any, there's not a lot to be learned there, but we can be found at feloshiouscyclingadventures.com. You know, we do have a site for our live camps, but I, we are not executing any through at least June, 2021, but welcome to see us there also. Um, and finally, I mean, you can just Google search or, or look up um, trainingpeaks.com, look up the WKO product and there's a lot of information there. There's a tremendous amount of learning and education and webinar programs that are about available through that. So, you know, you can find us in some different locations, but the joinbasecamp.com is the best way to get information on the team. And dude, we're talking right after this. We're going to get you on there and stuff like that. So I'm excited. I'm pumped, man. I mean, this is this is the this is where we make a massive impact on Cyquist. I'm, I'm super stoked, man. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll hit stop and keep the conversation going. All right, great. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast with world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Don't miss an episode. Hit that subscribe button and give us a review. For more exclusive content, visit humanvortextraining.com or get the latest expert videos from Coach Brody on the HVT YouTube channel at HV Training. Until next time, remember to train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you.